What is up, everybody? You're listening in to the Never Skip Egg Day podcast. This week, we kick off our fitness series by talking about everybody's least favorite subject with cardiovascular exercise. And I share my take on a trend that's been going on with charcuterie boards. Stay tuned. Welcome into the Never Skip Egg Day podcast with Brian Castillo. As I said in the introduction, uh, we'll be kicking off a fitness series because Never Skip Egg Day is supposed to be about overall health, fitness, and foodie trends, and food in general. Uh, So we have done a Back to the Basics series talking about calorie counting, meal prep, basal metabolic rate, caloric surplus, deficits. Then we transitioned those building blocks to a uh, nutritional series focused on uh, fad diets like uh, the ketogenic diet, the Mediterranean diet, uh, and intermittent fasting, just general eating lifestyles and some of the benefits and pros or cons, if you will, to those. And we did a recap uh, episode, so go check that out if you want to learn more about any of that. Uh, But now it's time to focus a little bit more on the fitness aspect of the podcast. And I figured I'd get, uh, you know, jokingly, everybody's least favorite subject out of the way with cardiovascular exercise. So uh, first off with the word cardiovascular, that's just basically meaning uh, related to the heart and your blood vessels and uh, short for cardio, if you will, or cardio respiratory exercise. That's what we're focusing on. Uh, which is an aerobic exercise, which we'll get into that word aerobic, which is basically uh, relating to uh, the involvement or requiring oxygen, if you will, aka breathing, right? Uh, And refers to the use of oxygen to meet the energy demands uh, during exercise, basically, is where that aerobic term gets into. So we'll talk about aerobic heart rate, but kind of a overall summary of cardiovascular exercise. Uh, It could be anything from moderate to uh, vigorous activities, right? So uh, probably the most common one is walking, right? Good old left foot, right foot. Uh, There's plenty of activity trackers and things of that out there today where we track our steps and just overall movement and some even track heart rate, which we'll get into when we talk about cardiovascular exercise. Uh, but basically it's anything that raises your heart rate and your breathing rate into that moderate, or excuse me, moderate to vigorous intensity level. And so that's why some of your common cardio exercises are walking, running, uh, cycling, uh, swimming is a popular one, uh, rowing, uh, anything indoors like an elliptical or a treadmill, a stair stepper, rowing machine, ski trainer, things like that. Uh, Outdoors would be your hiking, uh, jogging, uh, even things around the house, right? Like uh, gardening or or yard work and things of that nature. And then of course, uh, sports, right? So uh, most sports involve some sort of uh, movement and cardiovascular activity, uh, basketball, soccer, uh, cross-country skiing even, right? So those are just some examples of cardio. So why do I joke that like most people hate cardio? So especially if you're a gym rat or whatnot, you're probably more used to uh, focusing on anaerobic training, which we'll get into at some point in this series. 
but that's more uh, slow twitch movements uh, where you're not really raising your heart uh, or oxygen rate needs to that uh, moderate to high intensity zones, if you will. Uh, so an example of like an anaerobic exercise outside of weight training would be sprinting because cardio is typically done over a, um, where you raise it to that moderate level of intensity and you hold it there for a relatively long period of time. That's why like long distance running counts like a cross country, for example, but sprinting would not. Sprinting would be an anaerobic exercise. So that's kind of the difference there. And while we're on that note, when we talk about aerobic, it literally means needs oxygen. And so uh, what does oxygen do for our bodies? Well, it provides that steady stream of energy uh, during cardio uh, to be able to uh, continue that energy exertion, if you will. So uh, some of the benefits associated with cardio uh, vascular exercise is just sheer, remember it's energy exertion. So uh, going back to our Back to the Basics series, it's calorie expenditure. So you're uh, burning calories, right? You're burning energy. So, you know, in turn, if, you're, you, if you've uh, basically got your body to run on carbs or fats, like we talked about in the Holy Trinity series uh, on macronutrients, which is also called glycogen for energy and how it breaks down for the body, then aerobic exercises are perfect to uh, basically burn those fuel sources and do that energy transfer while you're doing exercise. Uh, so aerobic exercises typically increases your heart rate over a long period of time uh, in, in various forms of activity. And so your aerobic heart rate zone, if you will, is typically 70 to 80% of your maximum heart rate. And you achieve it while you're exercising at that moderate or uh, vigorous intensity level. And so when you're in that zone, in that aerobic heart rate zone, uh, you're not out of breath, but your breath quickens, right? Uh, like you've probably heard the term uh, sucking wind or whatever. So as you build your cardiovascular endurance, uh, you wouldn't be sucking wind, if you will, like if you're running suicides or something like that in basketball, for example, and you can still be able to talk and things like that. So you'll see a lot of like endurance athletes be able to like go out and run a marathon, but still be like live streaming it and talking to the camera every now and then. They're not completely out of breath. So that's when you've achieved that uh, moderate zone. So there's roughly five uh, heart rate zones. And so uh, there's they're basically at rest. So that's, you know, no meaningful strain on the body is what that really means. So that's your zone zero, if you will less than 50% of your max heart rate. Uh, very light would be like a warm up or, or a cool down after a long run uh, and just you know active recovery. So that could be, uh, and that's zone one, so that's 50 to 60% of your max heart rate. So that could be, uh, depending on your cardiovascular endurance, that could be just you know walking or, or something like that, or it could even be a light jog, depending on where you're at. Uh, there's the light exertion level or zone two, 60 to 70%. So you're roughly going 10% up in the range as we move up uh, the aerobic heart rate zones. 
And that's where you've built a basic level of endurance. That's where you're achieving some fat burning and it's sustainable for long periods of exercise. So that could be something like a treadmill on an incline. Uh, your moderate zone, zone three, is where you start to, this is that aerobic heart rate zone. So that's 70 to 80% of your maximum heart rate. And that's improving your aerobic fitness and your muscle strength at that point. Uh, and then there's the hard, so four, 80 to 90%. Um, that's where you're really increasing your anaerobic threshold and max capacity for shorter efforts. Uh, so that's those like sprinting, right? Where you might uh, go really fast and really hard for a short amount of time, uh, but then you really exert on yourself and you're out of breath and you can't maintain uh, that, you know, basically where your breath is quickened, but you're, you're not completely out of breath and you're not in that sucking wind phase. And then there's your max exertion level or zone five, uh, where it's really uh, very supposed to be a brief period of time. Uh, it's for very fit, uh, like endurance athletes and develop fast twitch muscle fibers to boost sprint speed. So again, that's like, you don't wanna do that percentage of your max heart rate very long. And for those of you that might be curious, uh, when we talk about max heart rate, there are calculators and things of such out there, uh, but just like basal metabolic rate, it takes into account things like uh, age, gender, uh, your uh, biological stats, like height, weight, you know, and, and basically your overall fitness level too, and uh, you know, how much endurance you have for cardiovascular. But a good rule of thumb is basically uh, to subtract your age from 220. So uh, for example, I am 31. So therefore, my maximum heart rate should be about 189. So to achieve zone five, going back to what we talked about, uh, I would basically be at 189. And then, uh, you know, 70 to 80% of that, my moderate heart rate starts roughly around 140. So uh, I should be in the range of about 130 to 152 is my moderate, and that's my aerobic rate. And so if I am doing cardiovascular exercise, and I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that I have a Garmin, and I'm trying to make sure that I am in that range, then I basically want to make sure that my heart rate stays above 130 to maximize my cardiovascular exercise. Um, and, you know, heart rate zones and zone calculators and things like that, again, have lots of factors. So, you know, definitely take that into consideration. But the levels I gave are what you would consider the average or the baseline. So you can go ahead and figure that out for yourself. Uh, before we get into kind of the stigmas around cardio, let's start with the positive. So uh, some of the benefits when you maintain that aerobic zone of exercise and are consistent Obviously, uh, you can lose weight and help keep it off, uh, but let's not forget, uh, well, we'll get into that when we talk about some of the pitfalls or myths around cardio. So losing weight is a potential benefit, uh, lowering and controlling blood pressure, pretty much anything with your heart, you could strengthen your heart, similar to when we talked about our fad diets and eating lifestyles. Uh, this is, you know, truly training for the heart, cardiovascular, your blood vessels, if you will, the pump of your body. Uh, so it's good for your heart, uh, increase stamina and reduce fatigue during uh, any exercise, really any energy exertion of the body, uh, activating uh, certain aspects of your immune system, which obviously post-pandemic can probably be a really good thing. 
really, you know, any exercise, especially when you achieve this zone, can uh, release endorphins in your boss body, a chemical which can improve mood uh, and ease the lows of depression and reduce tension and anxiety for you. You can improve your sleep, uh, manage chronic conditions, if you will, uh, such as like arthritis, for example. Uh, and then it really does help boost your uh, HDL, your good cholesterol, and lower your LDL, your bad cholesterol, if you will, which we've talked about in several episodes of the Fad Diets and Eating Lifestyles uh, podcast. So uh, cardio is something that really there's no excuse for anyone to not do it. Uh, and I'll be the first to admit that when I started my weight loss journey, I truly bought into the myth that like cardio was the secret and the key to unlocking uh you know losing weight and uh, when i realized that it's just supplemental right so it's going back into that concept of energy exertion so when we talked about basal metabolic rate and we talked about calorie counting it's truly still calories in versus calories out and so uh if you were relying on so if you were still in a caloric surplus and you were doing lots of cardio but that surplus still kept you in a surplus even with that extra energy exertion if you will uh, you're not going to lose weight right we learned that in our back to basic series and so that was kind of a fallacy i i look at cardio as a tool right uh you know, I know partially why I don't like doing it is uh, I think it's boring, right? So I've, I, I should premise that by saying um, I've primarily done cardio throughout my life as uh, a punishment. You know, in sports, I mentioned suicides a little bit earlier. I uh, love basketball. Like when I played basketball, uh, what's the punishment when you're not doing something correctly? You'd run suicides or you'd run stairs or you'd go do a lap because you messed up an assignment or something like that. So I've always looked at cardio from a punishment lens. And then, you know, I just enjoy weight training more. But when I first started my journey, I made sure that I was doing at least 20 minutes, whether it was a fixed amount of time on the treadmill or a fixed distance, I was going to do it. And typically I'd try to, when I set a distance, I'd try to do it in the shortest amount of time possible just so I could get back to resistance training or, or things like that. I also, for the longest time, kind of bashed walking as a cardiovascular exercise. And over the last six months or so, uh, my wife has really changed my mind about that. And even the results I've seen about that, because, uh, you know, so on the, on the week, so I'm an engineer, I work a pretty uh, sedentary job where I'm sitting at a desk and I'm at the computer. So like during the week, uh, my step count can be pretty low. It's usually in the three to 4,000 range. And I'm primarily just doing weight training, right? Someti sometimes I'll get in uh, like a resistance bike ride uh, or an elliptical session. But even then, it's not counting steps like on my Garmin. Of course, I could track the workout and track my aerobic zone, obviously. But... I'm not counting those just physical steps. And then since we've been doing a uh, little over a three and a half mile walk, just with uh, you know the, the baby and the two dogs, uh, every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when we're off, uh, I've really noticed a difference just in, the, especially the endorphins, how I feel, uh, the endurance. And so I've been, I've made a concerted effort to get around 13,000 steps on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 
and I really want to start making an effort to get my steps up during the week. Uh, and one thing I didn't even realize when I was working at General Mills, which I've mentioned several times before, uh, I would play uh, basketball at lunch. And not just that, I worked in a manufacturing environment. So I wasn't just sitting at my desk a lot and I was walking out on the plant floor. Sometimes I'd even get involved in helping some of the technicians uh, doing something, sometimes even some maintenance work. Very similar at ConocoPhillips as well when I was an, a process engineer in the oil and gas industry. So uh, in my current role of, over the last four years, that's when I've been primarily uh, sedentary and I didn't really know my steps were that low uh, until I got the Garmin and we're starting to track it because before that, I was crushing 10,000 steps a day uh, pretty easily, especially with basketball, which again, sports are my favorite form of cardiovascular exercise because I'm not doing I'm I'm not just doing it for the sake of doing it, right? Not I'm not just doing it to keep my heart rate above a certain level. I'm not just doing it to get a certain amount of steps in. I'm not doing it to lose weight. I'm doing it because I enjoy it, right? And sports are something I've always enjoyed. So that's why I tend to lean towards that. That's why I love playing uh, basketball. Racquetball is a great uh, cardiovascular exercise, especially when you suck at it like me and you can't pin the ball wherever you want. So you're running all over the place. Uh, you know, football, uh, anything like that. I mean, I'm not good at soccer. I don't really watch soccer, but talk about constantly running. That could be a great one too. So yeah, that's, I think that's why people don't like it, especially in the gym setting. Uh, you know, I'd rather just be weight training. And I, so I think that's why it gets a bad uh, wrap. That being said, any commercial gym that you walk into, uh, their cardio section tends to be about a third of the gym and it caters to uh, probably majority of gym goers, right? Uh, you have the, the stair steppers, you have the ellipticals, you have the fan bikes, you have the rower machines, uh, you have your stationary or your spin bikes uh, set up, you have, uh, you know, uh, typically pools at your bigger gyms where you can get swimming in and, and do cardio there. Uh, a lot of gyms have like a track now with a push sled and things like that. So uh, there are lots of forms of cardio out there and I am now a believer in walking. If you have to start somewhere, just go out and get your steps in. There are really cheap activity trackers. You can invest in something that, you know, maintains your heart rate, or even if you don't want an activity tracker, plenty of apps, free apps out there that just use the smartphone that most of us already have to track your steps. And that's what I would recommend. Just start walking. Because even, even me, when I was starting my weight loss journey, uh, typically even doing 20 to 30 minutes on the treadmill, I would do a warm-up period of like 10 minutes or something like that at a four or a five. And then I would amp it up to six, eight. I would do HIIT training, which is something we could probably do a, a whole episode on, but it's basically high intensity interval training. So that's what I would primarily do on a treadmill where I'd warm up with a walk and then I would run a mile maybe at uh, a six, so a 10 minute mile, and then I would vary that. So then I'd maybe do uh, half a mile at a, a level eight and then I would bring that down back to six and do maybe three quarters of a mile and then I might bring that down to a three and then go back to eight. Basically where you're uh, going into those different aerobic zones 
while still maintaining above that aerobic sweet spot, that moderate zone where you are burning uh, a good amount of calories, where you're uh, basically expending uh, 80 per, 70 to 80% of your max heart rate and maintaining that for uh, a rough, you know, a decent amount of time, a, a roughly long period of time, I'd say at least 20 minutes or so, right? That's what I typically shoot for. And even, you know, I, I mentioned on the walk, just getting the steps in, I don't typically get into that moderate zone, but I'm moving and I'm expending energy for over an hour. And there's other benefits to being, you know, it's nice uh, outside, good scenery, the dogs are getting exercise. My little son loves it. Um, my wife loves it. It's kind of just become a routine thing. So that that's, you know, biggest thing, again, going back to what I've been saying for a few weeks now, consistency and routine. And that's kind of a rundown of cardio and some of the science of it, uh, if you will, when we talk through like aerobic exercise. And so it's not just like the 80s. Uh, or like jazzercise from women when we think of aerobic exercise it's actually has to do with that heart rate and those heart zones uh, basically if you will and that's about it when you talk about recommendations uh, you know it's basically recommended that you do at least 150 minutes a week of moderate activity and 75 minutes per week a vigorous activity, if you will, uh, and that recommendation comes from the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, if you ramp up to 300 minutes, which is five hours uh, or more of moderate aerobic activity, or um, double it to two and a half hours of vigorous activity, then there's additional health benefits for most people when you achieve that. Uh, if you're curious about my stats, I typically, uh, especially with the walking and then my five weight training sessions a week. Uh, I get roughly 450 to 600 minutes of the moderate activity a week, and I'm usually uh, in the ballpark of 80 to 120 of the vigorous aerobic activity where I get my heart rate above that 70 to 80% or kind of in that 150s plus range. Most of that for me comes from anaerobic exercise and weight training. Primarily when I'm doing something like deadlifts or squats where I get tend to be more out of breath doing heavier weight, things like that, as opposed to like an arm or a shoulder or a chest workout. So that's kind of the rundown on cardio. Uh, it's not everybody's favorite. It is some people's favorite. I'm not one of those people who has ever gotten a runner's high. In fairness, I've probably never ran long enough to achieve that high either. Uh, longest distance I've ever done is a little over a 5k, like four miles. You won't catch me doing more than that. Um, but I recognize the benefits of it. It's a supplemental tool. Uh, you'll still get the most bang for your buck in the kitchen and through strength training, in my opinion. However, I think cardio is necessary. It's also good for core strength, which just contributes to everything else too. And there are additional benefits with cardio in my favorite forms. Right, I get to play sports I enjoy, I'm spending time with family, I'm getting the dogs exercise too, uh, and it just gives me a little bit more flexibility too when I talk about my caloric bank on a weekly basis. So that's kind of the rundown on cardio, and if uh, you're new to the podcast, we typically do a topic in the beginning that spends about two-thirds of it, and then I share a recipe or talk about a cooking style or trend. 
uh, because I'm an absolute foodie and I love to cook. And so uh, one of the cool things that uh, I think I think my wife saw it or I saw it on social media or something like that, but uh, a charcuterie board party. Uh, and we actually just had a charcuterie board night with some friends this last weekend. It was a lot of fun, so I figured I'd talk about it. And full disclosure, uh, we'll get into like a traditional charcuterie board, but what we did was definitely outside of the box and a fusion along with the traditional board. So when we talk about charcuterie, that's how you pronounce it, it's a French term uh, basically for a branch of cooking devoted to prepared meat products, aka cured, aka smoked, which we talked about in our smoking episode. Uh, last week, but your your bacons, your hams, your sausages, uh, your pâtés, uh, confit, which is cooked in oil, and it's primarily pork products for a traditional board, things of that nature. But when we say traditional charcuterie board, it's associated with like tapas from Spain or Italy. Uh, so you're gonna think uh, your cured meats. So your pepperonis, your capicola ham, your salamis, your prosciuttos, uh, different types of hams, again, going back to primarily pork products, could be see some beef jerky, something like that, on a charcuterie board, bacon, potentially different sausages, smoked sausages, things of that nature. Uh, and then also cheeses. Uh, and again, uh, when we talk cheeses, uh, your kind of fancier cheeses, of course you could put cheddars on there and things of that nature too. Uh, you're definitely not, I mean you could, but you, you don't want to be putting your fake American plastic cheese on there. But So typically like um, higher end, if you will, stronger cheeses, cured meats, uh, and then pickled things. So pickled vegetables, uh, olives, pickles which is a pickled vegetable i guess if you're getting technical because it's a pickled cucumber uh nuts uh different mustards are popular to put on a charcuterie board sometimes jellies or jams uh things like that uh sometimes even fermented foods uh like a sauerkraut or something like that um so yeah so it's a really fun, easy thing to put out as an hors d'oeuvre or something like that for a party. Uh, our traditional charcuterie board was, of course, put on our Disney cutting board, which I shared a recipe for uh, with the, I believe it was, oh yeah, the fondue uh, uh, recipe that I shared. Uh, but we used a prosciutto and a capicola ham, which are Italian meats, and then uh, we went back to Spain. We did a uh, Manchego cheese, a queso ibérico, uh, and I can't remember the third one. I believe it was a smoked gouda, uh, but those are the cheeses we chose to do. I had some green olives that were stuffed with pimento peppers that uh, we used and put on the board. I'm a big fan of almonds, in particular blue diamond soy sauce and wasabi almonds that we put on the board as well. Uh, a nice uh, garlic aioli mustard and a crunchy onion uh, chili oil and serve that with some toasted pita and uh, some baguette slices and that was money that was awesome you'll see charcuterie boards typically served with bread or crackers or something like that and so that was really awesome and then our uh, main course charcuterie board if you will kind of going back to the trend where 
the intent was to have us have friends uh, bring a different course, a charcuterie board for each course. So we were going to do the main course and then we we're going to have some friends do the appetizer, but uh, we ended up having only one couple come. So they covered dessert, which I'll get into. But for the main course, uh, you know, I called it a charcuterie board, but it was definitely not traditional like I was just talking about with, uh, you know, our cured meats, cheese, uh, bread, and, uh, you know, pickled foods, if you will. Uh, but we basically did like an appetizer board, which was really cool. So my wife is pescatarian, primarily vegetarian. So we had some coconut shrimp, some black bean and cheese taquitos on there, some mini beef tacos. Uh, did some uh, popcorn chicken with various different sauces to dip it in, onion rings. Uh, what else did we have? Uh, yeah, it was basically just like an appetizer board. It was pretty cool. It was fun. To, oh, uh, we had spring rolls on there. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, ate way too much food. And then our friends brought this amazing dessert board, which had crumble cookies and Krispy Kreme donuts and mini brownies. Uh, and chocolate covered pretzels and it was just really fun it was a really cool combination of food and I thought it was a really good way for people to get together and try different things and try a lot of different things so I'd encourage any of you to have a charcuterie board night make it your own if you want to be super traditional go for it if you want to do cheaper things like have at it but yeah it was really fun to do a three-course meal in charcuterie board form and it was just a great way to you know invoke some creativity and fusion into your cooking so uh, next time we'll get into some strength training and anaerobic exercises and until then stay hungry and remember never skip egg day thanks everybody